what is good faithful and welcome back to the 49 away podcast the season's been over for about a month now but it's time to start looking ahead to the 2022-2023 nfl season as free agency is just two weeks away and on this episode chevy and i will take a look at who the niners should re-sign who they should let walk and then what are some of the needs that john lynch and this niners front office need to fill in this free agency period we'll talk all about that talk a little jimmy garoppolo as well of course as a little time he has left as a 49er might as well get that content in and out of the way so keep a lock stay tuned we got a lot of great free agency talk coming up in the next few weeks and don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on instagram and twitter for more niners news and analysis welcome back faithful to the 49er way podcast long time no talk it's been a while. The season ended about a month and a bit ago, but we're back. It's the beginning of March. Time to get some free agency talk going. And there's a lot more than just free agency going on. The Niners coaching staff has been ripped apart to shreds. Guys of leaving. Mike McDaniel left from Miami. He took some guys. We'll talk about all of that and much more. Of course, there's the Garoppolo trade situation and all that stuff. Twitter just can't shut up about Garoppolo. But anyways, we'll get all to that. Chevy, what's good, my guy? Time to start talking free agency. Yes, sir. It's that time of year when, you know, you project if your team's going to get better or worse and you're excited for the season coming up. So I'm excited to see the new changes that are going to be made by the San Francisco 49ers, of course, starting with the inevitable of Jimmy G being traded. The big question is where to? Yeah, I think that's the thing is that, like, to get started with free agency, I think that's kind of where this needs to start is moving Jimmy Garoppolo because obviously everything, I think a lot of us Niner fans kind of know this, the financial situation. This is usually the time, obviously, where we don't really like to talk about the fun stuff, which is the football stuff, where we talk more about the money side of things when you're in free agency. And I think we all know that that getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo first will enable John Lynch and Adam Peters in this front office to have a crap ton of money to then not only to be able to resign some pending free agents, but also to give the massive extensions to Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa that I know that John Lynch wants to do as soon as possible as he can. But I think before that happens, they need to figure out what in the hell is going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously with the shoulder surgery and everything that was reported yesterday, it does not, I'm not going to say it's not encouraging, but it doesn't help. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it just doesn't help the situation because we know what Jimmy can do. And honestly, if he just never got hurt, Honest, if he just never injured the shoulder, the thumb, all right, yeah, whatever, we get it. But the shoulder, and he didn't need to have surgery, would have made this trade a lot more fluent. But because you had that, and then last year with the sprained ankles, and then two years ago, the ACL, it's like, you know, if if I'm someone in another team's front office, I am going to look at that and be like, you know, Jimmy's had a really, really hard time staying healthy, and that might be a problem for John Lynch and his team. And then again, we've been talking about this all year long. That's why we're in this situation in the first place is because Jimmy Garoppolo has been sitting more in the press box than actually playing quarterback for the Niners. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm sure throughout this episode, we'll kind of get to like where we think he's going to go and all that stuff. But it's a weird situation. 
Yeah, it is definitely a weird situation. And, you know, you do bring up a good point. The shoulder surgery definitely doesn't help trading him. However, I, I think it isn't much of a factor as some other people think. You know, teams know that Jimmy G, you know, he was battling injuries at the end of the season. And he still put up a heck of a performance in the playoffs, bringing the Niners so close to that Super Bowl chance. But just falling short that I think... You, they understand the injuries, but that's not going to be what's stopping teams calling for Jimmy G. Teams, they, they want to win. And if you're a head coach, what is better than getting a quarterback who, when he's healthy, puts up 10 win seasons? There's absolutely nothing better than that. That will secure you a job. So, you know, I, I think Jimmy G is valuable to a lot of teams. But as you said, the injuries are a problem. So I could definitely see us. Uh, and another team working on more of a conditional pick for next year uh, based on uh, how many games Jimmy G plays, maybe how well the team does, kind of similar to the Carson Wentz deal. Uh, I know a lot of people have been making comparisons to that deal and other deals in the past uh, for veteran quarterbacks that would look similar for us. Uh, I, I really do think that we are working with Jimmy on finding the team that he wants to go to or the top couple teams that he wants to go to. Um, obviously, right now, we've all heard it sounds like Pittsburgh and Washington are the top two teams pursuing him. So uh, those are probably the preferred destinations of Jimmy G and probably the two teams that are interested the most and would be willing to give up the most for Jimmy G. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's much of a surprise. Like, I mean, you yeah. and I both said this weeks ago that Pittsburgh, well, we, we both liked Pittsburgh as a destination for him to go to. But then for Washington, not surprised. Why? Apparently, Washington wants to like throw every bit of cap space they have at a quarterback. <laughs> from what it seems, I saw a report yesterday saying that that they did enough research that they that they've looked into forty two different quarterbacks in the league. And I was like, that's a it's a little extreme if you ask me. But I mean, it's it's Washington, so I'm not really surprised yeah. um, in that regard. But see, that that's the thing that you brought up about Jimmy is that. That's the good qualities you have. That's what you want to look for as a team. You want to look for those leadership qualities that Jimmy Garoppolo has. And he's done an absolutely exceptional job. He's an incredible guy. He's an incredible person in the locker room. His only downfall is his injuries. Obviously, he has those other limitations. But like, uh, ever, like Niner fans just like to go in circles over and over again. Like, okay, mm -hmm. we get it. Like, every quarterback has their little quirk. I'm sure, watch, it'll take like maybe four weeks in the next season and Niner fans are going to find out what Trey Lance's quirk is right away. Like, oh, Trey Lance can't get the ball out quickly. Trey Lance scrambles too much. Like, it's a watch, there's going to be some dumb stuff there. But like, all I'll say about Trey Lance, and I'm just going to just get this in out of the way here early. Is, look, like guys, Trey's going to have his share of mistakes. Like, we're going to lose some games yeah. next year. It's going to happen. He's going to throw some picks. You got to let the guy develop. And my biggest thing that I've said for weeks now, and I'm going to keep saying it all offseason, and even throughout next season, I'm going to keep saying it. Trey Lance has got to learn, and Kyle Shanahan's got to help him get into better situations. Starts with Shanahan trying to get him in good situations, but then Trey Lance has got to understand that, look, look who I have around me. I have a George Kittle. I have a Debo Samuel. I have an Elijah Mitchell. I have a Brandon Ayuk. I have a Trent Williams, a Kyle Juszczyk. Look at all the guys around me that are superstars. Half, half those names I just named off, probably 75% of the names I just named off were in the Pro Bowl this year. Trey Lance has got to look around and be like, look, I may be only 21, 22 years old, but I got Pro Bowlers and All-Stars surrounded by me. I don't have to do a lot. And that will, will enable Trey Lance to do 
just his job and then slowly kind of throw in his unbelievable athleticism to get to the Patrick Mahomes level. But it's got to start from somewhere. So I'll just leave that out there with Trey Lance. Like, I'm not I'm not worried about Trey, man. I, I've heard way too much Trey Lance isn't ready. So that relax. I, I was very pleased with what I saw in that second game. The first game was honestly, you might as well just toss it out the window, to be honest. Like, we, yeah. we we said that back in week five. Like, it's the worst time you want to throw him in. Like, that wasn't planned to throw him in week five. And Arizona was actually a good football team at that time. They were undefeated. Yeah, they were unbeaten. They are playing great football that time. And yet we were still in that game right till the end. So that's kind of what I'll say about, about Trey Lance. But back to Jimmy, it's like, you know, whoever trades up to him, you know what you're getting. And I think Washington actually might end up doing it because I can't really see Rodgers or Russell Wilson actually getting traded. Like even if Washington wanted to trade like seven draft, like first round picks, I don't think they would do it. They're just those kind of guys. So I feel like Garoppolo might end up being the guy going to Washington. I could see it happening, but from a personal standpoint, I don't want him to go into Washington because I just hate their organization. Their organization just like, it's just trash. Oh yeah. Like everything else about it. Ron Rivera. I love Ron Rivera. I love their team. I think their team is really good and Jimmy mm-hmm. would be a good fit, but I don't want him to go in and play in it. FedEx field and you know, playing the, yeah. the, the, the commanders but, the, the, looking like a but how many times have we said that uh Terry McLaurin needs a true quarterback? Oh and my I god, feel like you know, if he gets Jimmy G, like that, oh, Terry McLaurin's gonna have a breakout season. Ter- absolutely, absolutely. I was just about to say that Terry McLaurin would be like having the biggest damn smile on his face. Fantasy owners would have the biggest damn smile on their face. <laughs> But not Terry McLaurin, we've been saying that for a time. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But obviously, Garoppolo's expected to have shoulder surgery. We would expect these the domino to fall in the coming weeks. Obviously, there's some talk that if a trade doesn't happen, that Jimmy might get released. Um, I could see that, too. I think worst case scenario, obviously, John Lynch, I think, is going to try and do everything possible to try and get a trade. So, we're getting something in return. But I feel like worst, worst case scenario, that might end up being what happens um for Jimmy Garoppolo but we'll see what happens we'll keep an eye on that throughout the next coming weeks we all know what's going to happen so there's no point of keep talking about it um but I think when he actually goes to a team there'll be more to talk about there and then what we get in return and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but obviously Twitter's just going off right now like about I don't even know what anymore more like the Niners have played Who a knows? game in over a month and they're just like oh we just keep Jimmy we just keep trading like look here's here's the way that I see it and you can tell me if you agree with me or not look and of all the different scenarios out there, there are three logical scenarios that could happen here. L- scenario number one, the 49ers start Trey Lance era next year, which is the most likely that's going to happen, right? Very likely that, that, that that's yeah. probably going to end up happening. Trey Lance starts. Is that a bad thing? Absolutely not. We see what Trey Lance is. Sky's the limit, right? He's young. He's athletic, right? A lot could go right. A lot could go wrong. You don't know with a rookie quarterback. But again, I feel confident with Trey Lance being our quarterback. Scenario number two. The Niners decide we can't really get anything with Jimmy Garoppolo. Might as well just run it back one more year. He's a free agent at the end of the year anyways. And who cares? If Jimmy, Gra- if, if Jimmy Garoppolo's our quarterback next year, two things would happen. One, we're probably going to have another winning season and make another deep playoff run. Or two, if he's not healthy, we're going to turn it over to Trey Lance anyways. So it's, it's really like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's one or the other. Yeah. And it's, it really doesn't matter anyways because we're going to plan on turning it over to Trey anyways. But if Jimmy stays healthy and does what he did this year, we're, go- we're going to be playing another NFC Championship game. Who's complaining about that? And option number three, which is extremely unlikely, but it's, I mean, I, it's been a month and I've been dying to say it on the podcast anyways, Tom Brady to San Francisco. If <laughs> and when and maybe, just maybe that were to happen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, 
shut up about that because I would love, love, love it. And I know we passed up on him the first time, and I get it. It was stupid. But come on. From a management perspective, is it really that dumb, though? Like, come on. Like, I actually think about it, Chevy. Like, with your no, John Lynch, and if you're John Lynch, you're coming off of a 13-3 and season. You made it to the Super Bowl with a younger version of Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, you would have given you one year or two, and then you have no option. Because who knows if we end up trading for the, for the third overall pick, right? You don't know what happens in the future. Yeah. I understand from that point of view where it's like, well— we don't we don't know the Jimmy yes tore his ACL but we didn't know that he was going to get injured he could be healthy all of next year we don't know that they stuck with him obviously he just kept getting injured so that was the downfall of that John Lynch took a chance and logically I can see that but then there's the other point of view where you look at it and you're like yeah he just passed in the greatest quarterback of all time yeah. which is like shit like he, damn, he, he, he just won a Super Bowl in the NFC like you know you can't pass up on Tom Brady when Tom Brady is coming, like, asking for a shot with this team. It's basically a guaranteed Super Bowl. You look at the rest of the roster and everyone's saying one thing, you know. It's the quarterback that's kind of setting it, you know, behind. And if Tom Brady's in there, we're winning a Super Bowl. Like, I I don't care what anyone else says. Like, it is over if we get Tom Brady. But I highly doubt we get Tom Brady. And I am almost positive that Jimmy G is not back next year as our – starting quarterback i think we either trade him or we release him but the dead cap like the dead cap if you release him is just over 1 million that is nothing in dead cap when uh you know you're you'd have to count him for 24 million against the cap otherwise there's holes in our team that we have seen last year specifically the secondary and a bit on the offensive line why would we keep Jimmy G when we have Trey Lance? We said the plan was always to start Trey Lance, and we can use that money to either fill up the holes or pay our young stars that are going to need those new contracts. So I highly doubt that Jimmy G is a Niner come the start of uh, uh, training camps. But you know what? I I could be wrong, but I, I just have a good feeling that Trey Lance is the future and Trey Lance will be starting, and we are going to use that money to round out this team. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. And that's what that's why we said right at the top of the episode that like for financial reasons, Trey Lance obviously makes the most sense. You got to use up what he has on his rookie deal, sign some great free agents because we are a few really good free agents and another diamond in the rough in the draft away from hoisting the Lombardi trophy. And I and I say that again, that's that's why I'm saying. Do you really care which of those three quarterbacks? Like, I don't care who, if any of those three are my quarterbacks next year. Those those three are all three pretty damn good quarterbacks. So I'm not yep. complaining. It's not like Brian Hoyer or Blaine Gabbard or C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins are going under center next or trotting out under center next year. Like, no, thank you. Then again, I could be wrong. And if something were to happen to Trey and then we're trotting out Tyrod Taylor, so I better not eat my words. But anyways, <laughs> but um, we'll get to that in a little bit too. But obviously wish nothing but the best for Trey Lance in terms of health. Like I, we, we need this guy to yep. stay healthy, man, more than anything in the world. Um, but I think again, that's kind of up to Kyle Shanahan because if Shanahan puts him in the right positions, running him 16,000 times against the Arizona Cardinals is not going to help you. Like that's not going to help shot and quarterback stay healthy. But if you do more of what you did against Houston, where you did running the, where you, where you ran the football with Elijah Mitchell, did some play action, mixed in a few design runs for Trey Lance, then you're setting him up for success. But I put a lot of onus on uh, Kyle Shanahan for that. But we, we got all offseason to talk about Trey Lance because obviously, like you said, it's it, it's very likely. And I'm, I think a lot of us are, are prepared. We got our head on straight that five is going to be trotting out there week one next year. And, and 
and we're excited about it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun season. I'm excited to see what we do. But since the actual free agency part here, obviously we're we'll talk about the coaching staff in a little bit too. But like like we just mentioned, there are holes on this team, obviously, and I think two glaring holes for me are offensive line depth and yep. the secondary as a whole. The only guy in that secondary that is a lock for me is Jimmy Ward. Everybody else, I think we got to do something. Like, scrap something, bring back. Emmanuel Mosley has every right in the world. Actually, Emmanuel Mosley is not even a free agent. He's under contract, so he'll stay. And Emmanuel Mosley balled out last year, so I'm not complaining there. Ambry Thomas deserves to compete. I think we mm-hmm. need to upgrade, not because Ambry Thomas can't do it, because bring in someone to compete with Ambry Thomas. Let's see if Ambry Thomas can top that and get better. Because I think you and I both said it. We love what we saw out of Ambry Thomas this year. He has absolutely deserves the right to compete for a starting job, whether that's beating out Emmanuel Mosley or whoever the Niners bring in. That's the thing in the secondary. The other dilemma is what we do with safety. Do we bring back Jaquaski Tart or do we move on to Talanoa Hofunga or do we bring in someone from free agency? Those are the kind of areas there. And I know you got some stuff in the second. Kwan Williams is also um, under contract as well. Is he under contract? I thought he was a free agent. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I meant agent. to say. I meant to say he's a pending free agent. That's my bad. Yeah. Yeah, looking at the secondary, that is obviously the biggest concern. We've said it all season long, and you know now it is time to improve in the secondary. Uh, for the cornerback position, I would love more than anything to bring in Stephon Gilmore or J.C. Jackson onto the team because – Getting a number, like, listen, Emmanuel Mosley was very good, especially at the end of the year last year. But Emmanuel Mosley isn't a reliable number one cornerback. You would love to get that reliable number one, sign him through the market, get that J.C. Jackson, that Stephon Gilmore. They provide such value to the team, especially in a position that you were really, really hurting in. And, you know, we've dealt with so many injuries, especially in the secondary, that getting that sure number one even if Emmanuel Mosley goes down or Stephon Gilmore goes down, Ambry Thomas, as we said, is yep. a good fit in someone who should be competing for that role. So you have that depth already established. So adding that number one just really helps because if Emmanuel Mosley goes down, I am very much comfortable having Ambry Thomas as my number two cornerback. But if he's our number one cornerback and maybe the depth you sign is our number two, that's when things are looking shaky. So I, I think with the cap space created from Jimmy G, we could potentially see the Niners go out and spend big on a cornerback because that is the position that we are lacking the most. For safety, I do think they go in a different direction than Jaquaski Tart. Yeah. Uh, the inconsistencies with injuries, you know, you just need to get a different look, whether that's uh, with Hafunga, maybe someone through the draft, or through free agency, is we'll get to see later in the offseason. But I would be shocked if we don't bring in a cornerback in free agency, especially because you have Lenore and Thomas, you know, yep. growing, and they're so young, and that position in general is so young. Bringing in a top veteran leader will really help establish that position, and I don't think drafting another cornerback will really do any justice to that a uh, group of cornerbacks uh, and that's secondary. So that is what I would do personally. If I was in the front office position, I would try and get one of those top cornerbacks if possible. Absolutely. I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about possibly taking a cornerback early, but then again, the Niners don't have a first round pick. So it's only yeah. if, if they somehow, some way get a first round pick from a trade or something, then maybe go corner. But 
to your point, for a team that's trying to vie for a Super Bowl, I think it's important that you at least try to get a guy like Stephon Gilmore because I, I've said this for years. The Niners have never really had a good secondary ever. And that's why a lot of people say that the Niners need to put a lot of their money to the secondary because John Lynch, since he's gotten here, has always been D-line, 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 D-line. But the one time they went secondary and they signed Richard Sherman, you really saw the different. impact. You mm-hmm. really saw the impact. And honestly, I saw the impact of how this year the Niners were affected without him. It was completely different, right? The Niners' secondary was shaky right from the get-go, right? From the Jared Goff and the Lions trotted down the field like three times late in the fourth quarter to make it a seven-point game. That shouldn't happen under any circumstance whatsoever. From there on forward, the secondary has been shaky as hell. And I, somehow, some way, we, we we came a quarter away from the Super Bowl. God knows how the hell that happened with this secondary. Still amazes me. But it shows that you don't need to have an elite secondary to get there, but you're one shutdown corner away. Because I get, if we had if we had a healthy Richard Sherman, I know even if we, it's a good thing we let Sherm walk because Sherm wasn't able to stay healthy regardless this year. So that was fine. There's no like, you know, if oh, we should have kept Sherm. Nah, like he, Sherm's done. I think he's kind of past his prime now. And I think we used up the last bit of prime Sherm. I think we got him in 2019 and 2020, a little bit in 2020, but then the injuries kind of just got to him, which is very unfortunate. But like I just said, you saw the difference. Like I I remember multiple times throughout that 2018, 2019 season where I was like, wow, like this is what it's like to have a shutdown corner. Like Mm -hmm. this hasn't happened. Like in in our lifetime, we haven't seen anything like this in, in a Niner uniform since Deion Sanders. And that would have been way too young that neither of us were alive. If we were, we were like really small, right? We can't remember that. Richard Sherman was the closest thing that we've seen to a shot that even under under the Harbaugh days, we were built off of defensive line. It was Justin Smith, Alden Smith, Brett Bowman, Willis, all those boys up front. The secondary was good, but it wasn't great. This secondary, I agree. Going after a guy like Stephon Gilmore is huge. A couple other names that I highlighted. Patrick Peterson's a guy out there. I think Peterson's a little past his prime, so I don't know about going out to him. But he's, a, he's a, but he, but he's a veteran leader out there. So I decided to put eh. his name out there. But he's not what he used to be, so I wouldn't really go crazy about it or anything. Darius Williams is another one from the Rams. Um, he came off a big year. I think that's good. I know J.C. Jackson's getting a lot of love from Niner fans. I would like that he's young, so I wouldn't mind taking the bet. And then another one. Now, I'm just putting this name out there. Not to be a starter aside Mose or anything because that wouldn't be any different aside from what we have right now. But I wouldn't mind bringing him back to compete and being possibly a cornerback too, and that's Akello Witherspoon. I was really impressed what he did with Pittsburgh. Like, I know Akello had his moments when he was here, and there were some really ugly moments and some really great moments. Yeah. But as a depth thing, because the Niners secondary depth is not good. Right, he's very young. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind bringing him back on the depth, but I think Akello would probably go and rather cash in somewhere than come back as a depth piece. But who knows? Bad enough. But the secondary will be interesting. I'm with you with Jaquaski Tart. I've been saying this all year long, even dating to last offseason. I said that that the Niners should move on from Jaquaski Tart because he's injured every year, and I get yep. that he he you know we kind of messed up in the NFC title game. Great, whatever that could have happened to anybody, but. Jaquaski Tart's a good, like when he's healthy, he's a great player. Like he fits our scheme, he does everything right. But I think if we went out and found someone else, like it, I wouldn't really have an issue. Like Hofunga is the same way I feel about Ambry Thomas. I don't know if I'm confident enough to say that yes, he should be starting next year. But I'm like Hofunga did enough this year for me to say 
I think he's able to compete for a starting job, right? Similar to mm-hmm. how I feel by Embry Thomas. So we'll see what happens in the second year. Second year is very iffy. K1, the K1 Williams is kind of the only guy where I'm like, damn, man. Like, I don't know if we're going to sign him, but he's he's easily one of the biggest parts. I know D'Amico Ryans is probably going to do every. D'Amico Ryans probably taking him out for dinner every day this month, probably like once a week this month. I'm like, hey, man, you got to stay here or something because I know K1 is very important to this defense. I know he's very important to what D'Amico Ryans wants to do. So we'll see how the Niners go about that. I know you mentioned earlier in the season, too, that Diameter Lenore could potentially be the guy to kind of come up and, you know, once K1 leaves and, and play the nickel. So we'll see what happens there. Another interesting name people have been throwing around is Jason Verrett. So I, I, I kind of want to get your take on that because yeah. I'm a little on the fence about bringing Jason Verrett back. Like, I feel like it's a hit or miss thing. I don't thing. think you break him back. I don't think you bring him back. And if you do, it's like a vet minimum contract. Oh, absolutely. If you can get absolutely. him to a vet minimum, then you take that because it's a low risk, high reward. Because we've yes. seen how Jason Verrett is when he is healthy. It's just the problem is he is never healthy. So, yeah. like, he signed for 5.5 last year. I understand the contract. We gave him a one-year prove-it contract after what he did last year with us. But – he is not worth that money in our eyes anymore. We need to get a sure thing in that secondary. So as much as I liked what he did uh, for the 2021 Niners, I wouldn't bring him back unless you can get him for that cheap contract. The only person looking at the free agent uh, secondary, the only person I'd want to bring back is K1 Williams if we can get him to that right deal. But Agreed. if not, as you said, I think uh, they've been trying to put Lenore in that position and uh, set him up to start potentially next year in that position because he is that uh, high tackle guy, that up in your face kind of guy playing that slot. So I think he could fit in perfectly with Williams out, but uh, we'll have to see. You know, I think Kwan maybe goes to Miami or he goes to the Jets, maybe reunion with Salah over there. I know they tried uh, to get him last offseason before he decided to come back. So uh, we'll see with the secondary. Yeah, no, we'll see. I, I totally agree. Out of all the free agents we have listed there, K1 Williams is the only one that I've highlighted that's like, man, I would love to try and give him anything that we possibly can. But I also know that free agency, K1 might try to go somewhere else and um, see about that. So we'll see what happens there. As for Jason Verrett, I the same way as you. Like, I mean, that's what he did this year, right? This year he signed a one-year deal. Wasn't a lot of money to try and prove it. Year and it's awful, awful for him to go down in week one of the season. So does he do that again? I don't know, but that's the only way I would I would bring him back and kind of bank on that because other than that, then you're not wasting a ton of money. You're not spending a lot. In, and if it does work out, then boy, it works out for both ends, right? Um, but it's tough. It's tough to, to bank on a guy like that because even if Jason Grab balls out this year, it's like, all right, who's another team that's going to go out there and give him like, you know, four-year deal and, you know, a, a massive contract and Jason Verrett all of a sudden gets hurt. Right in his first year, gone for the year again. Yep. So it's interesting to see that, but I'm with you with Kayvon Williams. Um, the offensive line is another spot that obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot of holes here. Lake and Tomlinson's the big one. And I think this is easily the number one priority for the 49ers this season. I think there are three guys, actually there might be four, four guys that I've highlighted that are the major guys that we have to try and sign at the bare minimum three out of these four. Lake and Tomlinson, Kayvon Williams, DJ Jones, Aziz Alshire. Without a question, the only guy in there that I'd say, you know, maybe walk and save and, you know, bring in someone younger is Kwan Williams. DJ Jones was absolutely incredible this year. He is a huge, huge, huge part. 
DJ Jones played so good this year. I forgot Javon Kinlaw was even on the team. <laughs> we need we need and DJ Jones has his share of injury problems. I know that, but DJ Jones also stayed healthy for majority of this year, which is something that has been hard for DJ over the past few years. He's a he's young. He's I'd say he's kind of getting in his prime, if not already in his prime a little bit right now. I'd resign DJ in a heartbeat. Aziz was Lord have mercy. I've been talking about Aziz all year. This guy was absolutely insane. We got to try and keep him, Dre, and Fred together for as long as as we can. It probably won't be very long because all three of these guys are just way too good to have all three of them on the roster at the same time. So I would try and bring back Aziz for maybe another year or two um, before it's time to kind of pick and choose. Do, do we sign Aziz or Dre type thing? But that's a must. But going back to the offensive line, so Lake is a free agent. Brunskill is also a free agent, and so is Tom Compton. Compton, I let walk. I think he he did enough to get us there, and honestly, I honestly respect that. Like, he came in here. He played hard. Um, Brunskill, same thing, very versatile, but I feel like if there's a better place to upgrade at guard, especially depth, like, we need depth at tackle big time because McGlinchey was out half the year. Trent Williams gets banged up from time to time. We need some serious depth at, at tackle. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Obviously, I think if we can sign Lincoln back, that is should be priority number one of the offseason because him and uh, Trent Williams on the left side, they create such a force and such a lock on that left side that you know you are secure when you're running to the left side. Maybe you fake motion to the left side because they put more people on the left side because of how dominant that left side's been with Lincoln and with Trent. And Lincoln, the thing about him, he doesn't miss games which is so huge when you can get a player consistently playing like Lincoln Tomlinson. So he is someone I understand we drafted Banks last year and Banks is probably going to start and take one of those positions. Uh, I do think it would be uh, wrong for the team to not bring back Lincoln Tomlinson because it it significantly downgrades our uh, line. I think Lincoln Tomlinson is one of the top five offensive uh, lineman on the market this year and I think if we don't sign him we're going to be looking bad next year I understand that that's what you drafted Banks for to maybe fill that Lincoln Tomlinson role but maybe he's going to fill the Daniel Brunskill role I do think they bring that back Brunskill uh, the thing about Brunskill and uh, Aziz is they're actually both RFAs so they are restricted free agents so we do have the rights to them so it does make it easier to negotiate contracts and usually they sign for a bit of a lesser amount, which is why I think they will both be back on the team. Because even if Brunskill isn't starting next year, he provides tremendous depth. He's yes. played both tackle and guard. He could even probably slot in at center if we need him. Um, another thing about the offensive line is, does Alex Mack retire? Uh, yep. That is a qu- something I have seen here and there, a big question. I really hope Alex Mack doesn't retire because he's been – amazing in his one year as a Niner and I think if he is gonna retire hopefully it be after this year and maybe we use uh some sort of draft pick to draft a center to learn under uh Alex Mack you know I think we've talked about that even during the year about what do we do at center potentially so that is hopefully the plan Uh, but if Alex Mack does go then I think it's a lock that you bring back Lincoln Tomlinson because you need to shore up that offensive line and you already have that connection with Lincoln. So it's going to be, I think there is a chance our offensive line does look a bit different than it did last year. 
But uh, I, I guess the hope is that we're able to retain Lincoln. Alex Mack doesn't retire and you get uh, depth to add to it for injuries and, you know, you're set up for the year following. Yeah, no, that, that's a good call. Lakin is is huge. I mean, it's the same thing last year, how Trent and Juice were the top two priorities of free agency last year because of what the 49ers do. They run mm-hmm. the football. Not only is that our our way of doing things and, you know, really the identity of this of this offense under Kyle Shanahan, but more importantly, we now have a young quarterback. So it is extremely important to get the protection that is needed because not only are we just going to run the football, but we got a quarterback who can run the football and a young quarterback that we need to keep alive and stay healthy and not get killed by Aaron Donald. That's what we need to do. So that's what Lakin Tomlinson is, is huge to have on there to, to get him back there for another, at least I would probably resign him to about a three-year deal. He is 30. He's up there, get another good three years out of him and then kind of revisit free agency after that. But, but this window's open now. So bring him back for these next few years. Keep this window open. And uh, it starts with the offensive line. And like Lake and Tomlinson is easily top priority. Um, what you said about DJ and Aziz makes me feel a little bit better. So that's good there. But Lake and Tomlinson, this is a, it's a big one. John Lynch needs to do his due diligence there. And I think he will. I think he'll get it done. And Lakin will be back. As for the other side, though. Oh, go ahead. Uh, DJ DJ's actually a UFA. So DJ, we do have to sign. It was uh, Broad Skill and uh, Aziz that are... RFAs. Ah, got you, got you. Yeah, no, yeah. D- DJ is another one that that's huge. For sure, like, for yeah, sure. we, we, we need, need to bring it back. back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. As for the other side of the offensive line, so speaking of Brunskill, I don't know. Like, I Brunskill's good. Like, I've been pleased with him over the past years. But I wouldn't mind trying to find an upgrade. And I would hope that Aaron Banks comes mm-hmm. back in a little bit better shape this off season and vies for that starting job. Because if that were the case this season. And we had Banks at guard, and we shifted or kicked over Brunskill to tackle right when McGlinchey went down. I think we would have been a lot better shape. No offense to Tom Compton because he balled out. But Tom Compton got harassed in those final two games of the season against the Packers and the Rams, and it was not good. And that's why Jimmy got destroyed near the end there, and it was not fun. So we got to find a way to shore that up. McGlinchey's coming back, which is nice. So it's really kind of that guard position. I would expect, I hope Alex Mack doesn't retire, man, because he was really just a, a treat to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he runs it back one more year, and I think next year there might be more of a likelihood that he does call it a career after that. But I do think he runs it back one more year. I think I think Shanahan will find a way to kind of coerce him to kind of come back. Um, and I think, I mean, last year, like I said this in our recap um, a month ago, I said, I'm really happy because a guy like Alex Mack, who's been contemplating retirement for the last three, four years, the fact that he signed with us for a short-term deal and we were able to get him to the NFC Championship game late in his career, I think is phenomenal. And Trent Williams, for him to get that run for the first time in his career was amazing. You saw him tearing up at the end of those mic'd ups. I think it was against Green Bay. Like, you love it. Absolutely love it. to see. Those are two guys who are really the top of their position for years. Max has been one of the best centers for the last God knows how many years. And Trent Williams has been the best tackle in football for the last handful of years as well. So you love to see that. And I think Alex Mack runs it back. So I hope there's not too much turnover in the offensive line because that's where this all starts. Bring back Lakin, shore up, and then get something really right hard from there. And I would, I would hope to kind of bring in someone for depth because we need some depth in there. Yep. I would let Compton walk, and I would find someone else to be a backup tackle. 
and then figure out the situation at guard, and we'll see how that goes. But I don't know. That, that will be interesting. And I would take Lakin over any of the other guys that are available. I know Brandon Sheriff from Washington has been thrown in there. Um, James Daniels, Aaron Stinney, Josh. Well, yeah, there's some other guys thrown out there, but Lakin Thomas is better than. Uh, maybe and he not knows Brandon. the system. That, that's exactly. the biggest part. Exactly, exactly. If I think Brandon Sheriff has been there enough in Washington that I think Shanahan was there while he was there, so he might understand. But again, I just would rather take Lake and Tomlinson in that case. So we'll see how that goes there. Um, let's go to, to D-line here. So we obviously talked about DJ Jones, but Arden Key, Jordan Willis, Kevin Givens, and Catavia Street are all kind of free agents there. Out of any of those guys, like, we don't spend too much time with this, but like out of any of those guys, would you say is worthwhile bring him back because the funny part is all of these guys to me played a big part this year like street and givens balled out like because we, we like to rotate our d-line right those yeah. two balled out well jordan willis came up with the play of his life in the playoffs and then arden key who you mentioned at the end of the year had a great season too yeah you know arden key played tremendous especially across from bosa the thing the great thing about nick bosa is you can play almost anyone across from nick bosa and they will succeed and have a good year so that being said i think arden key may get the bag and won't be able to come back but if you can bring back arden key on a reasonable deal i i think him playing with nick bosa has really revamped his career and he may want another year or two playing with nick bosa before signing a massive contract because when you go somewhere else, I mean, if you get the bag, you get the bag, good for him. But if you go somewhere else where they don't have as dominant of a pass rusher as Nick Bosa, you're not going to be getting those same opportunities because teams aren't going to worry about both or about one side more than the other like they do with the Niners because Nick Bosa is such a generational uh, defender in defensive end. So I, I think Arden Key is potentially someone that the Niners look at. And I, I think the thing about the Niners, something that's underrated, is how well the organization is run and how nice the people are in the organization, the culture in the organization. And I really think that weighs on a lot of the players. You know, uh, Charles Amenahue said when he came from the Texans, it was yeah. a, it was a it was a save, uh, God saves him or something like that because the Texans organization was terrible. Yeah, they're a joke. Him. Yeah, they're a joke. You know, they're handling this, the Deshaun Watson situation poorly. He comes over here. The culture's amazing. The front office, they got their shit together. The entire team has their shit together, and they're trying to win. And I think that winning culture and, you know, the love that our, our coaching staff and the players have for one another uh, is a factor in the decision. You know, I think that's a factor in why Trent Williams came back and didn't sign a massive contract with the Chiefs last year. I think it's a reason why you saw Kwan Williams come back when he had the chance to maybe make more money and go to the Jets or go somewhere else. So I do think that is a big uh, part of the culture and a big part of why we may actually get a lot more free agents or get more free agents to stay like Arden Key on a bit of a team-friendly deal. So we are going to see. I do think they make uh, moves on the defensive uh, end as well. I think they've liked this idea of you don't have to necessarily get this other amazing defensive end to play across from Nick Bosa, but continuing the rotation of decent to average guys, maybe guys who uh, look to revive their career like Arden Key did last year. And I, I think those are the guys you target for low money and you make it work like you did this year. Yeah, no, that's a good call. And I do think whatever they choose on that D-line is good. And Arden Key really did 
really did a lot this year. Because obviously D four is another name that everyone keeps throwing around. He's done. Like he's done. I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're doing with that contract or anything. But just cut him loose. Do whatever you need to do. Just there's no point of keeping him. And in that case, yeah, you you want someone to play opposite of Nick Bosa because obviously they started with Eric Armstead playing outside, and I hated that idea at, at first. And it turned out I was right because they put Eric Armstead inside, put Arden Key outside, and everybody, everyone just became happy. Bosa, Bosa started feasting. Armstead started feasting. Arden Key started feasting. Like the whole D-line just kind of picked up from there. So I would keep it that way. Do whatever you need to do to keep Armstead on the inside and Arden Key on the out and then kind of go from there. But I, we'll see on the D-line. The Niners always find a way to keep the D-line going, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, Charles Amen, who's another name, man. Yeah, you say you called it early in the season last year when we got him. I knew nothing about him, but he balled out too. So we'll see how that goes. And then in the last kind of position group I want to kind of go is to running back, but obviously tight little yep. wide receiver as well. So tight end wide receiver Dwelly is a free agent. So is Sanu, your boy Jawan Jennings, and Richie James. And then running back, the big ones Raheem Mostert, and then Jeff Wilson and Jermichael Hasty. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of those guys? Um, who would you bring back or who would you let walk? Yeah, there's a lot of talk of potentially bringing back Raheem Mostert and having a duo of Mostert and Mitchell in the backfield. I think that would be amazing, but I would not spend a lot of money on Raheem Mostert. Obviously, the inconsistencies with injuries and stuff like that, I think he has a better chance of walking and getting a deal with a team like Miami. I think uh, Mike McDaniels would love to have Raheem Mostert in the backfield running that West Coast offense that run game that he really loved running in uh san francisco so that is something i can see potentially happening but uh you know the running back room is a bit thin you know jamichael hasty's an rfa mostert is a ufa jeff wilson is a ufa trent trenton cannon although he was mostly on special teams is a ufa so you look at that room and right now it's only a, like mitchell and uh uh sermon so you are going to have to add depth to that room, especially since it's a position that we've uh, seen our depth crumble the last two, three years, I think. So uh, I do think if they don't bring in, Mo if they don't bring back Mostert, they maybe use that money and use the Jeff Wilson money, maybe allocated to sign another running back to tandem with Mitchell and Sermon because they love using those uh, running back rotation. We've seen it so many times. You bring in a different guy in a different look and the team starts to scramble. So I can definitely see us bringing in another running back if we don't sign Mostert or Wilson. So uh, that is a position definitely to look at. I don't think we're going to bring in any big names because we loved what Elijah Mitchell did last year, and I think he's going to continue being the number one back. But, you know, a change of pace back never hurts uh, to get. On the wide receiver side, I think you sign back Jawan Jennings. He's another RFA, so I don't think it takes much to sign him back. And I think you, he, he right now is holding that position for your wide receiver three. You do let Mohamed Sanu walk. You probably let Trent Sherfield walk too. And you uh, re-up re those uh, wide receiver positions, those wide receiver uh, four or five up for grad, uh, fight for a position for maybe the wide receiver three with Jawan Jennings. But I don't see too much changes in the wide receiver room. And the tight end room, I think Dwelly is great. I think uh, Dwelly is such a good blocking tight end and a great compliment to Kittle but I think with Charlie Warner he established himself a lot more in the offense so I do think that they potentially let Dwelly go keep Warner as the backup 
and then maybe draft another tight end in the fifth round because we don't draft a tight end before the fifth round because why would we when you can take George Kittle? Yeah, no, I yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of figured that. Like you, you said this earlier in the season that Charlie Warner is probably going to end up being a tight end too, which is what I think is going to end up happening. And then yeah, yeah, probably take another tight end in the draft, or maybe even go out and get another guy in free agency who won't cost a ton either. So we'll see yeah. what they do there. The only big guy in the receiver uh, kind of group that's under free agent that I would bring back is Juwan Jennings because he was phenomenal late in, late in the season last year, and, and the way that he was able to complement with Ayuk and Kittle and Debo, it's really made for a nice four guys to to throw to. So I would definitely bring back Juwan Jennings running back. I've said this for a time about Raheem Moster, and I know a lot of people have been saying this same Raheem and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, he's so good. We got to bring him back. Him and Elijah Mitchell would be an amazing dual threat, blah, blah. And I'm like, it amazes me that how much like people actually think Raheem Mostert is worth is worthy of a big contract. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> I love, 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 love Raheem Mostert. I love him as a person, a leader, like just everything about him as a guy. He's just a he's just a good dude, and he's a phenomenal football player. My problem with Raheem Mostert is name me a time once in his career that he has started and was healthy for more than ten games. Uh, I can, man. Like, that's the thing. Every year he goes down with an injury. There you and go. every year, you, yeah, every year the, the fans are like, oh, we should sign him again. We should bring him back. He's so good for those one or two games. It's one or two games. You can't pay someone that money. It's just, it, it's, it's dumb, especially when you're tight against the cap. You know, you're trying to sign players for next year. You're trying to sign impact players. I'd rather save all that money, sign some scrub to be behind Mitchell and maybe Sermon, and, and you use that money to, to sign a quarterback. You use that money to sign Stephon Gilmore because you need Stephon Gilmore more than you need Raheem Mostert for two or three games. I, I just don't think, you know, it's the same thing with Jimmy G. We're not sticking on to Jimmy G and his injury problems. We're moving on. I think we're moving on from Raheem Mostert, and Elijah Mitchell is definitely the number one. But if you can somehow, like, if, if Mostert goes on to the market, gets absolutely nothing, and then he's like, I want to come back for a minimum contract, sure, take it. That That's easy. If he's healthy, it's a brilliant contract. If he's not healthy, whatever, it's a minimum contract. But I really don't think we're going to spend the bag on Mostert to bring him back. Elijah Mitchell was healthy for 11 regular season games this year. That's over 10. He was injured yep. here and there. But that's the thing with, with the Niners' backfield is I think we need a running back two, not a running back one. Elijah Mitchell was the clear-cut running back one this year. I mm -hmm. could rave about Elijah Mitchell for an entire episode. That's how good he was this year. And Raheem Mostert, like I said, he's great. I love him. He was a captain last year. But for the love of God, he can't stay healthy. The guy broke out and had that one NFC Championship game. He was great down the stretch of 2019. Those last six, seven games down the stretch, he was amazing. He was our running back one. And everybody just popped up. The media started talking to him like he's the Danian Tomlinson. They're like, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> like, Raheem Mostert, he's like, oh, my God, they got to bring back Raheem Mostert. He's the running back. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, chill. Like, you all talking about like he's Frank Gore. Raheem <laughs> Mostert, this this is, and I've been saying this, this is more of a testament to what Kyle Shanahan and Bobby Turner and Mike McDaniel, obviously those, those two guys won't be with us next season. We'll talk yep. about that just before we end off in a minute. I put the way more of a testament on them because here's the thing, 2017, and I, I've said this multiple times throughout the season too, 2017 was Carlos Hyde. 
amazing year, ended up leaving, got a nice contract somewhere else. 2018, Matt Breida. And has Matt Breida been able to do anything in Miami and Buffalo after that? Nope. Nope. Jack squat. He has done nothing. Nada. 2019, Raheem Mostert broke out in the last six, seven years. 2020, injured. This year, injured. 2020, or, uh, 2020 was Jeff Wilson. He ended up getting injured, couldn't really get back into things, right? And then this year, it was Elijah Mitchell. You have five different running backs who popped off in five different seasons. Is that because they're a good running back? Yeah, all five of those guys are all very good running backs. But that's also because Kyle Shanahan and Bobby Turner have been doing this. You look up Bobby Turner mm-hmm. and his history of what he did in Denver, and I can't remember where else where else he was, but I know there were so many. Washington was another one, sorry. And then San Francisco. And he he was also with uh, Shanahan and Quinn Atlanta. in Atlanta as well. Exactly. Yeah. And Tevico, Devonta Freeman was a beast yeah. over there too. Doesn't matter where they go. They turn a no-name running back into an 1,000-yard rusher in one season. So I put <laughs> way more emphasis onto that than I do to anyone else. Again, I am not saying Raheem Mostert is not good and not worthy. Absolutely, positively not. Raheem Mostert is unbelievable and he did thrive in this. Raheem Mostert would not be who he is today without being in this offense. That's what it is. It's the offense, not necessarily the player. Elijah Mitchell, his style of play is just, it's fitting. But I think Elijah Mitchell is different because he would actually be better in, 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 uh, in some other different systems. But because of the way the 49ers like to play physical, gritty, grueling football in the trenches. Elijah Mitchell's built for that, and that's why I think he fits it. Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert takes one hit, and he's on the sidelines, and he's hurt. Like, that's my thing. He'll either burst off for, like, 90 yards, or if he takes one hit, my knees hurt. I got it. I'm on injured reserve for four games. That's Raheem Mostert. That's the reality of the situation. I know people probably don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of the situation, and that's the way I look at it. So I would not bring him back if we do. Bring him back for the same thing as Jason Verrett, and I know Raheem for a fact does not want it because I want because he wanted to get paid last year and they paid him. And how did he do? Didn't last one game this year. That's I'm just I'm just kind of laying it out like just the facts and the truth of the matter. But huh, I don't know. You're right, I hate man. to say it because right. I do right. like Raheem, man. I do like him. Like I, he's a great running back. He's a great guy for this thing. But like it's the same the same thing with Jaguarski Tart. Think time's up. Yep. Yeah, same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like all mm-hmm. those guys are kind of the, and I know some people have been throwing around George Kittle's name, which I think is complete lunacy to me. I mean, I get it. I totally understand from the injury standpoint. I can actually understand that. But no, 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 no. George Kittle's George Kittle. He's not going anywhere. No, forget about that. Yeah. All right. Before we end off, we got to have a one last thing here, and that's obviously the turnover at the coaching staff. We know Mike McDaniel went to Miami. Uh, Rick Scangarello is now offensive coordinator in Kentucky. Bobby Turner, the good news here is I know everyone was kind of flipping a lid yesterday. Bobby Turner is not going. Bobby Turner just taking the year off. He's getting some surgery done, I think, with his knees or something like that. And he's taking the year off and is expecting to return to the team in 2023. So that's the good news there. And luckily, we got Anthony Lynn. So I think we'll be all right. Um, Wes Welker also went to Miami. John Embry, tight ends coach, went to Miami. The Wes Welker one sucks. I hate that one. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys left from Miami and all that. And then Skangs and Turner left um for other positions or obviously other reasons coaching is, is a whole big deal but i gotta be honest like i feel a lot better now knowing that i know there was a lot of stuff conversation going on yesterday talking about how oh what does this mean about shanahan and is about garoppolo and lance or mac jones and blah 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 and i was like no once i started hearing everything else i'm like 
I kind of understand it. Maybe the only guy I can get behind that is maybe Scangarello. Maybe yep. he didn't like like that or whatever, and that's fine. That's up to him. But everything else, it's it's just about the opportunity. Like you expected some guys to leave for Miami because same thing with Robert Sala. Same thing happened there. Same thing happened here, unfortunately. Um, and honestly, probably might happen again next year when D'Amico Ryans gets a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an ongoing thing. So I think Shannon will be fine. So I think it's not as big of a deal, I think, as we initially kind of thought it was. Yeah, you know, looking at the staff, it, it seems our entire offensive assistant staff is basically vanished. It's gone. And, you know, our OC is gone. I think Anthony Lynn is the perfect person to step in and take that OC role. You know, he was a head coach for a while. He was an offensive coordinator in Buffalo. He worked with Josh Allen. He worked with young Tyrod Taylor. He knows how to work with mobile quarterbacks. You know, one thing we didn't talk about is the quarterback position and the backup quarterback position. And I think, you know, you bring in a guy potentially like Tyrod Taylor because he is familiar with Anthony Lynn. Or you bring in a guy like Marcus Mariota, who has been playing that backup role with uh, the Raiders the last couple of years. So those are two guys I think that could possibly fit and are good veterans to for Trey Lance to lean on. Someone who, so, two people who have used their feet a lot as well as a quarterback. So those are guys I think we could potentially look at. But yeah, you look at the offensive assistants; a lot of them are gone. Who is there to fill in? You know, I heard uh, a, a lot of rumors of potentially maybe you see uh, Frank Gore come in for a season as the running back. Would coach. A, love he, that. Would love that. Would love that. You know, I, I think he has great ties with the organization. I know the York family loves him. I know John Lynch and Shanahan love him. If he could come here for a year and help teach the running backs and fill in for Bobby Turner for the year, I think that would be fantastic. And who knows, if he does a great job, he could potentially get another job next year. Uh, with, with Bobby Turner returning, you know, I think having both of them never hurts. So that is someone I would look forward to potentially. Uh, wide receivers coach, tight end, and quarterback, I'm not sure. I do think they bring in a, a different quarterback coach, maybe uh, someone who's familiar with Trey Lance or that style of football. Uh, to help transition Trey Lance into the starter, into the role, and maybe someone who knows the offense well, the West Coast offense well, because that is uh, what we are going to run. That is what we've been running. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not too worried about the offensive assistants, considering our head coach is an offensive coach. You know, the assistants are just guys to help him out here where he has been the one calling the plays. So uh, I'm not too worried about the offensive coach. If it was like last year where, you know, you have to replace your D.C., uh, you're losing some of the other defensive coordinators, it's a bit of a panic because you don't know how the defensive side of the ball is going to change. But this year, you know, with the offensive guys, I'm not too worried about how the offense is going to look next year under Kyle Shanahan and Anthony Lynn. Yeah, no, no question. I completely agree with that. And I think we'll be fine. Like, there's nothing yeah. too big to worry about. I would love – Gore would be – ooh, that'd be great. Perfect. Um, If he, if he came in there. Um, As for quarterback, I was just thinking about this as we were talking there. I was like, damn, we should have poached enemy from friggin' Kansas City <laughs> as like an offensive assistant. Or something. Uh, I've heard he is not the most liked person in Kansas City, whether it's rumors or not. I don't know. I've heard he's had feuds with uh, Mahomes. He doesn't really listen to uh, players' in- input. So as much as I love the enemy and think he's a wizard, uh, I would also stay away from him. And, you know, he's taken that job with Kansas City. He's still their OC, so we'll see. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, then on that note, I guess it's a good thing because we like consistency <laughs> and continuity in the 49ers yep. organization. Well, with that, we got a lot more free agency to talk. I think we got a lot out of the way today, but we got a lot more coming in the next few weeks. So 
keep it locked, faithful. We got a lot more free agency talk coming, and that will do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Chevy, final thoughts. Final thoughts. You know, I think it's an important offseason. I think this is a window of opportunity with our roster. You should build around Trey Lance, and I'm excited to see where Jimmy G goes. No doubt. And also, don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram and Twitter, and we will see you all next week with more free agency talk. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep it locked. we got a lot more free agency and off-season talk on the way. And don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. <laughs>